I'm your host, Kaylee, and this is Rebel Wellness. You've just tuned in to Rebel Wellness, the podcast that's here to revolutionize your approach to personal health and well-being. I'm your host, Kaylee, also known as Coach Kales, and I'm thrilled to have you join our Rebel community. In a world that's saturated with fleeting diet trends and unrealistic beauty standards, we believe it's time for serious change. Our mission is simple yet profound, to empower women like you to break free from the confines of today's diet culture and embrace a holistic approach to health that's sustainable for the long haul. If you're like me, you're here to embrace the concept that true well-being encompasses every facet of your life, mind, body, and soul. Rebels believe in aligning our journey with our individual needs and values because a one-size-fits-all approach just simply doesn't cut it anymore. This podcast is your safe space to explore the depths of wellness guided by myself, experts, real-life stories, and genuine commitment to your growth. You're here to begin your transformative journey, and it's time to discover your own version of balance in your health. Every week when you tune into Rebel Wellness, we'll learn, grow, and rebel against the polarizing outdated norms to finally achieve lasting vitality and joy. Because that sounds pretty great, right? Your journey starts now, and I am so excited that you're here. All right, we are funneling down to the final weeks of Hot Take Summer, this series that has been honestly such a blast, and I've gotten such great responses from it, despite it being unscripted. So I am a little bit sad, but also... I have found some great skills and topics that have come from doing this kind of version of episodes. And so if you liked them, if you really want me to continue some variation of my hot takes, uh, let me know. I would love to know if this was something that you enjoyed listening to and the style that I kind of brought into this different. It's still educational, but a little more off the cuff. (laughs) And a lot of people like that. So let me know what you think. But We are down to the final two episodes, and today's chat is going to be covering the top three nutrition-related fad items that I have been getting asked about all summer. And it's easy for me to narrow it down because legitimately, I've had even randos like who found out that I was a certified nutritionist come up and be like, Hey, well, not just out of nowhere, but in conversation, it's like one of the first things they ask. So we are going to be talking about greens powders, like athletic greens. So sorry if you're a big athletic greens fan, I'm obviously not sponsored by them. (laughs) We'll talk about this more in a second. Berberine, which has been misnamed on TikTok as nature's ozempic. It is not. So stay tuned to find out why. And aspartame, which is kind of the sweetness in all the diet sodas and also in a lot of other things too. Aspartame has become very, very polarized. I would say it's been amazing to see the polarization around aspartame. So stay tuned all the way through and I'm going to get you through all of my hot takes from my professional field experience, as well as my understanding of real life balance. Because as I've said many times before, you know, I am the biggest fan of being realistic and any version of balance that works to support your health and your life and your needs. So without further ado, let's get into it. 
try to cover as much as possible. Again, I'm going to keep it as brief, but it is a very interesting compound. Um, so what exactly is berberine? So it's an ammonium salt from the proto-berberine group, which is basically an alkaloid. So it's a naturally occurring alkaloid in nature. <laughs> it contains a lot of basic nitrogen atoms, not entirely important for you to know, but it's just worth saying for the people that are science geeks is like me. And berberine is usually found in like the roots, stems, and bark of typically barberry trees, B-A-R, berry. And it's also in other plants as well, but barberry is kind of the common plant that we tend to use for berberine as a derivative from it. So you can also find berberine in things like the Oregon grape, golden seal, cork trees, gold threads, and a Mexican prickly puppy. You know, there's various things that actually do have berberine in it, but it's actually been used in traditional Chinese medicine for centuries, as usual. <laughs> and so there's numerous anecdotal reports of its usefulness for various purposes. So I think it's one of those kind of fascinating derivatives from plants like plant medicine. Um, I've always loved the concept that if nature creates a problem, nature creates a cure. It's kind of a beautiful circle of life type of concept that I have definitely found to be true in many ways, especially the more I have learned and understood the human body and how different nutrients and foods and actions impact it positively or negatively. And so berberine is a really fascinating root, <laughs> not a root, um, supplement. I'm just going to call it a supplement because we, we as humans take it as a supplement. It's just, it's also a stem and also a bark and things. So I, I kind of like, don't really want to just call it a root. So supplement of berberine is pretty fascinating. Um, it's also used like more commonly, especially in Chinese medicine to treat like high cholesterol or other fats that are in the blood in too high of ratios. So we would refer to that as hyperlipidemia. And some people actually use it to help manage their blood pressure. It can also be used to like treat burns, canker sores, liver disease, and even inhibit the growth of MRSA infections, which if you don't know what those are, they're pretty nasty. <laughs> they basically are really gross. They become really gross sores on your body. So hopefully you never encounter that, but I have known somebody who has. So um, that's something I didn't know though at the time. I wish I could have told them to take berberine. <laughs> but anyways, berberine is a bioactive compound that targets an enzyme inside the cells that is called AMPK. Well, we call it AMPK for short, but it's AMP activated protein kinase. So that all you need to know, it plays a critical role in cellular energy metabolism. So AMPK is one of the four pathways that regulate metabolism and cellular homeostasis. And that means that basically the best state of balance that your body can have. So our bodies would love to just have homeostasis all the time. I mean, and in, to some extent, we do kind of exist in homeostasis. However, for those of us who either yo-yo with our weight a lot, or we yo-yo with stages of our life where we have high, high, high stress, lower stress, high, high, high stress, you know, things like that. That's not ideal for the body. And it is one of the more prominent reasons that we age um, because we become a little bit more, um, 
susceptible to the oxidative damage because we're putting our body through a lot of change. And it typically comes alongside a lot of inflammation and other things like that. So berberine is also known for reducing inflammation. So that can also contribute to reducing your body's overall inflammation as well, which I kind of feel like that goes hand in hand with um, treating your high cholesterol, managing your blood pressure, and the most popular thing that it is being well known for right now is quote unquote fat loss, <laughs> which I guess if it's helping manage the fats in your blood, it could be fat loss, but those are a little bit different than body fat, fat, um, similar, but different. And the other thing that it actually has been getting studied for as a natural alternative for people who are pre-diabetic or diabetic is its insulin regulation, blood sugar regulation, um, properties. So that is where TikTok has begun calling it nature's Ozempic, which is not true. If you heard my Ozempic episode, or if you haven't heard it, you should go listen to that and you'll know a little bit more of why it's very different. But Ozempic is a semaglutide, which is a peptide receptor communicator. It slows down your gut motility so that you digest very slowly, you basically lose your hunger and your body just starts to work through its fat stores. There's other things it does, but that's the primary reason it works for a lot of people. Again, it's basically just a giant calorie restriction stimulated by something that helps mobilize fat cells a little bit better than just starving yourself. Um, we still don't have a lot of long-term research on it. So my overall take on Ozempic is that like, you make sure you definitely discuss it with your doctor I would not really recommend you go get it from a beauty spa or something like that because there's a lot of implications on the gut. And as we know, your gut is your second brain. So um, it's every single person I've known who's taken it has had a huge mood dive and it hasn't necessarily changed their body to like sexier leanness. It's kind of just like your body's just taking fat from everywhere else. And that's where they're kind of a lot of jokes about like Ozempic butt where like you get a big flat but you know, and um, different things like that. And skin can be saggy from losing fat too fast. There's a lot of things where like, it's, it's unnatural for the body to lose fat that fast. So it comes with its risks and after effects. So just be aware of that if you do go that route. However, all that to say, a semaglutide is very different than something that helps manage your blood sugar. The semaglutide is practically managing your blood sugar because you're not really eating and you're digesting way slower. So berberine works very well for people who have too high a blood sugar by helping the body regulate it down and manage better alongside lifestyle changes. So you can't still be like eating ice cream and donuts and things like that all the time and expect your blood sugar with berberine to improve. That just doesn't usually work like that. However, as an option for people who have blood sugar dysregulation, even if you're somebody who swings around a lot with your uh, mood, as like you get hangry really fast. If you miss meals, you get like very cranky. That is a first stage sign that you are having dysregulated blood sugar. Um, I know because I personally went through it. I actually had several bouts of blood sugar drop to pretty bad states where one time I left work, went to the Whole Foods to get something with sugar, and I had to rush to the juice section and chug a limeade because I knew it was there. And I literally sat down by the drinks fridge thing. And it was relatively embarrassing because people looked kind of concerned for me, obviously. And at the same time, I was like, wow, I guess I'm not managing my blood sugar very well, even though I felt like I was eating very 
well, but I wasn't eating enough and that's a whole nother story. But all that to say, um, it's very easy to learn if you're somebody who is not managing their blood sugar well, especially if you don't eat well-rounded meals. So something that has a good quality protein, fat, and a carb in each meal. If you're not eating well-rounded meals, your blood sugar is most likely going all over the place, unfortunately. And um, that's just the way it goes because that's how your food communicates to your body. And so a lot of people start their day with like carbs or carbs and fat only. And you really need the complex structures of proteins to slow down your digestion. And that helps improve your blood sugar spiking or not. Um, So berberine can be very powerful for those of you who do have like a lot of blood sugar dysregulation, even if you're not necessarily pre-diabetic. A lot of us are undiagnosed diabetic or pre-diabetic, so even younger and younger these days. So even if you're under 30, you're still very much at risk for getting um, diabetes, especially with the lifestyles and foods we eat nowadays. And I'm not trying to sound like an old-fashioned doctor, but um, even in my modern side of coaching hundreds of women, I have seen it at all ages. So don't, don't mess around with that blood sugar stuff. It's, it's not worth it. Trust me. Um, I have nearly every single parent and grandparent in my life has type two diabetes or pre-diabetic. And so, um, I'm very much at risk and I am also very much trying to prevent it for the parents that have not gotten diagnosed fully yet. So, and as you all know, my origin story, my grandfather, who was extremely close to passed because of not managing his type two diabetes. So very important. So berberine can be a fantastic natural route to take to help alongside a better routine that includes exercise and nutrition changes. So I would definitely suggest it, but make sure you're getting it from a high quality source. So companies like Thorne, Pure Capsulations, Vital Nutrients, and Designs for Health. Those are all great companies that third-party test that I would recommend you go through because there's a lot of companies that have kind of taken this whole TikTok fame around berberine and just made a bunch of crappy low-quality supplements that sometimes you're not even quite sure if it's actually the thing. So I wouldn't waste your time. Definitely spend a little more money for the better quality supplements. Every time with supplements, if you want them to actually work for you, make sure you check the company, make sure they do third-party testing, which is quality control, and make sure that you are getting the better quality version as best as possible. So not all of them have options like organic and such. Of course, I would prefer most natural supplement products to be organic or mostly organic, but something with the processing and a lot of supplements doesn't allow them to get that organic seal. So, but those are my top tips for if you do want to use berberine because you know that you have um, blood sugar dysregulation, or if you are also trying to prevent diabetes because you have it in your family, different things like that. But again, to put a bow on it, berberine is not nature's own Zempic, it would be closer related to nature's metformin because metformin is a pharmaceutical drug that manages people's blood sugar dysregulation. So they have been saying it wrong. But I will also say I am not a doctor, so make sure that you consult with your physician. If you are somebody who is taking other medications and such, don't take my advice as medical advice. It's all just 
suggestions and my own experiences. So make sure that you talk to your doctor before you start anything because berberine is actually a compound that because it is adaptogenic, it can have interactions with other drugs and medications. We call that contraindications. So make sure you speak to your doctor before considering berberine. And that is my medical input for this episode. Um, That goes for everything I talk about today as well, by the way. And I will also add that it does not innately create body fat loss. You might experience the benefits of fat loss from it supporting lower inflammation, better lipid control, better blood sugar management, because as we should know by now, but if you don't already, that's okay. I'm here to tell you that uh, dysregulated blood sugar is also a major cause for not actually stimulating fat loss. So there's something really important that I I would love to add to this hot take, and that's that per last Sunday's episode about ways we sabotage our fat loss journeys, we actually usually have a misunderstanding that just because we are not eating the same way we've usually been, so maybe we're in a little deficit, or maybe you actually aren't counting your calories or macros, and so you don't know, and you're just eating in a maintenance, and your body fat isn't moving. Those are all ways that we are not telling the body that we need to start going into our fat reserves for females our body is really resilient and strong. Like you have to convince it to finally lose fat. It's kind of like the friend that never breaks up with the lame boyfriend. Like you have to convince your body fat it's time to go. And that takes time. That takes consistency and it takes balanced blood sugar because every time you get a spike and it influences the rest of your hormones, especially if you're somebody who's stressed and has higher cortisol, maybe your sex hormones are out of whack and you have higher estrogen lower progesterone, which we call that an estrogen dominance situation. If you have that, you're probably going to be depositing fat or being in a position that's really hard to, that you're, to tell your body to lose fat. In my experience, having worked with a lot of females, when my female clients are stuck in that zone, especially if they're like casual alcohol drinkers or just casual binge food meal eaters, And binging doesn't look like the way that it's kind of been shamed, perhaps, in the way that a lot of people just view it as like a a bad eating disorder or something like that. Technically, the definition of binging is just like a really high calorie meal. And that can look like just going to Red Robin or just one big pizza night with the family, you know, things that are socially welcomed, especially in the United States but are also high, high, high calorie, usually just high fat and high carb meals. And they don't put you in a good position for being safer with blood sugar spikes and um, they can completely negate your deficit. So those are things, deficit being like lower calories than your total daily energy expenditure. So all of that is really important to understand because we need to be realistic with ourselves that a single supplement that's natural is not going to cause crazy fat loss. But if you use it in conjunction with your diet and fat loss plan, you can make more progress than if you didn't. And that is something that they've actually even studied and have confirmed. So I think that that is really great, especially because they have found in like 2018 that berberine can activate your brown adipose tissue, so your brown fat, which is the tissue or the fat tissue that helps the body convert nutrients we consume into heat for our bodies. We have a lot of brown fat in comparison to white fat, which is our normal fat when we're babies. And that's why we are like little calorie burning machines. (laughs) And then somewhere along the way, we hit puberty and everything goes to shit. I'm just kidding. (laughs) But 
when you can activate your brown fat, like we all still have brown fat in us, when we can activate it more, we are more metabolically active. And so again, that's kind of where berberine gets its benefits for metabolism. All right, that is all we're going to chat about berberine. Hopefully that was helpful for you. If you have any more questions um, or comments, just reach out to me on the Rebel Wellness Podcast Instagram and we can chat. powders. So (laughs) I was actually literally just asked this question last week. And here is my full blown hot take on greens powders. First of all, there's multiple companies out there. I think almost all companies have uh, capitalized on some version of a greens powder. You can go anywhere from like first form nutrition to Athletic Greens, to Bloom, to... There's so many different companies that have their own greens powder. And looking at the label is where I first start. When there's a ton of ingredients, which a lot of them have just... I mean, they're blends. They're supposed to be superfood doses um, of all your vegetable nutrient needs in a little powder. Some of them contain probiotics. Some of them contain digestive enzymes. Some of them contain some vitamins and minerals, you know. There's a whole bunch of stuff that different companies will put into their greens powders. So when there's a huge laundry list of ingredients, cough, cough, athletic greens, cough, there's not a lot of evidence that any of that stuff can be recognized by your gut because you're basically bombing your gut with like a thousand different nutrients, right? So from my perspective and experience, I would actually go for the greens powders that are A, contain more organic sources of the nutrients and B are strictly just kind of the natural blend of different superfood greens like spirulina, chlorella, acerola cherry, acai berry, you know, those superfood real food items and some probiotics and digestive enzymes and maybe some fiber. Maybe let's throw in some vitamin C or vitamin E, you know, those would be where I cut it for what a greens powder should have because the more weird stuff you throw into it and throw it all into your stomach at once, the less reasonable it is for your gut to be able to sort through all of that and and actually assimilate, which means absorb and utilize those nutrients into your body. So with that concept in mind, when you're thinking about purchasing greens powders, there's a lot to be said about marketing. I'm always skeptical about a lot of things, especially all supplements and things like that at this point, because I used to fall for it. You know, I'm very skeptical about how frequently something is advertised. That is always something that's a red flag because it typically means that the company has a huge advertising budget. And that also means that the quality of its ingredients can be lower because they're most likely making a very mass amount of this, this powder. You know what I mean? Like they're utilizing a lot of resources basically, because they're probably on a large scale production. And I am not a huge fan of large scale productions because quality control goes down no matter how much they like to put little things on their website and say like, oh, we tried to do the best ingredients we can. Um, You can say whatever the frick you want about supplements on your website, little pro tip. They don't, they're not held to a standard really by anyone. And because 
Greens powders are definitely unregulated and they're a big cocktail of things. It's easier for companies to kind of say, we have all these things in it. And who's really going to be able to take that powder and piece it apart and actually be like, oh yeah, they actually do have this much of this in it and whatever. And there's a lot to also be said about dosing. So certain things that they'll throw into greens powders to like make up for why it costs so much is like adaptogenic mushroom powders and things like that. But is it at a level that's therapeutic? Most things that are combined into powders, it's hard to say perfectly what that person is going to scoop out of there, right? So we can kind of shake it around and hope that it's mixed. But for the most of us, we're not really like mixing the powder every time we use it. And even at that, there's a lot of room for error of what is actually getting into your scoop. You know, it's all kind of a guess. So that is also where I find it to be kind of snake oily because again, it's just hard to tell, like, is it even a version of the nutrient that your body wants to absorb? Is it actually a therapeutic dose, meaning an amount that will actually give you those benefits in your body? Because you can eat a lot of foods and if it's not in a therapeutic dose range, you're not going to get therapeutic effects from it. It's just going to be kind of in your body, maybe help a little bit, but it's not going to give you a specific feeling or result just the same way that if you're only taking like a thousand IUs of vitamin D, but your body is super deficient and you need 10,000, you're not actually helping your body by only taking a thousand. So that is kind of the main concept of how I approach greens powders. Look for not too many ingredients, look for some probiotics involved, some digestive enzymes, some fiber, and maybe some antioxidants maybe some ashwagandha or rhodiola. Those are the ingredients that I would say are the most reasonable because they are more natural and easier for the body to recognize and digest. But for example, like Athletic Greens is on everybody's podcast. Can you imagine their budget? They're on Andrew Huberman's podcast. They're on Rogan's podcast. You know, they've got to be making some serious margins because they're on some serious podcasts with huge viewers. And they're also on TV. So that's a huge red flag for me. And also it tastes like somebody spit gum in grass. So it's like bubblegum grass. In my opinion, I think it tastes nasty. (laughs) I would not waste $100 on a one pound bag of Athletic Greens. Um, My personal favorite is this little company called Macro Greens, Macro Life. I think it's Macro Life is the company and it's their Macro Greens powder. A lot of my clients and I swear by that powder. It's one of the better tasting out of all of them. I mean, all greens powders kind of taste like butt, but some people have found that they can mix it into like their fruit smoothies and it's a little less aggressive. But overall, um, what I tend to do actually is like on an empty stomach, I'll just mix it with about 10 to 12 ounces of water and chug it really fast. Um, maybe eight ounces water depends on how I'm feeling that morning. Several of my clients that actually started taking that specific greens powder every day um, who used to get sick a lot stopped getting sick as frequently. So it definitely was assimilating into their body and they weren't really changing a whole ton of other things in their life. But also it's kind of just a, it could be an anecdotal experience for at least 18 of my clients, but that's pretty good population to test on, you know? And ever since I started using it, um, I love it too. So that's a brand that I really like, but there's a lot of great brands out there. Like I recently looked at the back of the Bloom company and their greens powder is, is pretty good looking too. It doesn't have a ton of ingredients, which is great. Um, you, you would almost think that having more ingredients means better. And in reality, no, (laughs) 
more ingredients does not mean better um, when it comes to these superfood powders. Because again, you just have to think that your gut is, it's smart, but it's not as smart as the way that the modern processing of foods can optimize particles. Um, It's the same way that we can overdose on caffeine, not like actually overdose, but we are overdosing ourselves on caffeine because machinery and processing can take green tea extract and amplify it in our energy drinks and things like that. So in reality, it's the same concept as that in green supplements, we can particleize all these different things and throw them into a powder and say that they're great for you. But in reality, there's actually hardly any, if not none at all, large scale studies on greens powders that support any of the claims. There aren't any because there's not really a ton of money in making any research on the actual ingredients in the powder. So that is my hot take on greens powders. I'd say you can incorporate them if you are looking for some help with getting more greens nutrients in your day to day. If you're only getting one to two servings of veggies a day, I would definitely recommend you throw in a third serving with this powder. It's not as many servings of vegetables as a lot of the packaging tends to say. Um, That's also kind of a scam um, or very much a scam because your body actually needs more than just the particleized nutrients from the veggies. It also wants that soluble and insoluble fiber as well as water and other nutrients that come from the actual vegetable itself or the actual fruit. So just making it into a powder doesn't make it work the same. (laughs) It's not the only thing that your body needs, okay? So I hope that was helpful for you, and I'm sorry if I offended you (laughs) if you're a big Athletic Greens fan, but I just think it's a a big scam, especially because of how large-scale it is. Um, And there's just not a lot of scientific research that backs it in that way. questions in the food world for me this summer, and that is aspartame. If you have been asleep, you have probably not seen that aspartame was recently ruled as a possible cancer carcinogenic additive to our food by the WHO, so the World Health Organization. So I wanted to chat a bit about that because I have a very specific um, approach to it that I've kind of gathered a multitude of people's uh, thoughts on it everywhere from like science, well, scientists on both sides, honestly, this has been such a polarizing topic for the scientists of health on every platform. It's been very interesting to observe and learn about. So as usual, I kind of had taken it into my own hands to kind of learn different approaches and thoughts. And I kind of have landed at basically what is my same take for most chemical additives. So first thing I'll say is if you don't know what aspartame is, it's the little packets of equal at the little diner you go to, or it's also the main sugar additive to most diet sodas, diet Coke, and things like that. It is a combination of two amino acids, aspartic acid and phenylalanine. And when it's ingested, it's broken down into those two amino acids for protein synthesis and metabolism. That does not mean it's making protein. It just means that that is how the body is utilizing aspartame. 
it has been used for multiple decades now. I mean, our grandparents used equal in their coffee, you know, things like that. But because of that, that means that we have several decades of long-term research. And that is positive and negative. Um, Like everything I was just talking about earlier, there's a lot of long-term nutrition impacts that sometimes can even take the next generation or the next generation of family members to start to find. And it also is hard because a lot of things are not identified to be correlated to certain habits or food additives or whatever. So it is important to kind of set the table with understanding that a lot of stuff goes undiagnosed or causation does not equal correlation kind of concept um, because there's a lot of people who win with certain chemical additives in the food world for profit. And it's better if the people are silenced, if they're the ones that are the one person who drank like 15 Diet Cokes a day, you know, and it's actually surprising. There's a lot of people who do consume that much diet soda a day, um, especially if they're the people that buy liters and things like that, or gallons. And um, so it's not unheard of for people to consume a lot more diet soda, aka a lot more aspartame and such than they realize because we've kind of made it commonplace to have big serving sizes of soda a day. I mean, think of the supersized sodas and the big gulp and all that kind of stuff. Like those are easily four to six servings of soda in each of them. And if you had two or three of those a day, which some people do, then you're hitting that threshold where it can be potentially carcinogenic for your liver, because that is where the who has determined some risk factors for long-term consumption of high consumption of aspartame containing products. So with that said, it's basically a huge concern for causing issues to your liver. That is the main thing that they have been kind of looking into and studying and finding, but there's other areas that people have found um, or anecdotal um, research around aspartame causing other health problems. So with that said, I would say (laughs) the way you want to approach chemical additives for sweeteners is as always in moderation because it's really not surprising that a chemical can cause long-term problems that we just have not seen yet because they are all newer. A lot of them, even if they're 20 or 30 or 40 years old to the human body, that's newer. So in my mind, anything that is within the last century, I consider it to be still quite new for the human body in ways that in another couple centuries, we can start to identify what was actually causing this cancer, this disease, this brain dysfunction, you know, various things like that, because that's how we are finding out things. That's why we've stopped bathing babies in certain chemicals once they're born, because they're like, oh, (laughs) sorry, that's causing Parkinson's or different things like that. So very important to understand every chemical, especially if you're consuming it in high quantities, can cause adverse effects for you long term, or it could be acute, maybe and you stop taking it and it helps your body rebalance. You know, there's a lot of different things. And it's also important to combine with that the fact that your lifestyle has a huge impact on how your body processes all these different man-made chemicals. Every food has chemicals, so it's kind of hard to just blanket statement and say chemical because there's chemicals in natural food as well. But I'll just say like man-made chemicals to kind of specify. So when a lot of people 
have different lifestyles. It also inhibits their ability to detox. So if you're a person who sits a lot or you're a person who eats a lot of fast food or you sit a lot and eat a lot of fast food, you know, there's a lot of things that can contribute to negative health impacts or effects because of that type of lifestyle, as we already know. And that's just in a way to be real with each other and understand that like your lifestyle is for sure going to impact how your body is detoxing. I mean, one of the biggest reasons just walking is great every day is because it helps your body circulate and move your blood around and move the fluids around and help your muscles contract and release toxins and helps you have bowel movements. So you release toxins, you know, if you're somebody who's not pooping a lot, you're getting a lot of toxin reuptake into your body as well. So there's a lot of different factors that don't always go into a lot of these studies. So there's a lot to be said about like, was it the aspartame or was it the aspartame plus all these other things involved in their lifestyle? You know, there's a lot about that. So it's very important to understand that my approach is just the reduction of as much man-made chemicals as possible is probably your best bet. Even though FDA or anybody has claimed that, oh, this is very safe. We found it to be safe. Most of the time, it's not in a way that they can, they've been studying it for like 50 years. So we haven't watched somebody live an entire like adult lifespan consuming these chemicals, right? So now that we are, now that we have seen people consume some of these man-made chemicals, such as aspartame, longer and in higher volume, now we're like, ooh, maybe our recommendation is off. Maybe it should be way lower, you know. So my overall hot take on aspartame is consume it with mindfulness. (laughs) Make sure that you're thinking about your diet sodas or your equal packets or any of the other food beverages that it will say aspartame on the back if you read the nutrients. And you should definitely make a habit of reading the nutrition labels on everything. It will potentially have an impact if you're consuming a lot of these food items with aspartame every day. Or if you're somebody who is frequently going through liters and liters and liters of diet soda, or even just cans and cans and cans of diet soda. Um, It's not great for multiple organs in your body. It's also not great for your kidneys. You know, there's uh, just because there's so many different chemicals that are burdening these detoxing organs and it makes it so much harder for them to just take care of you as they're supposed to with natural food and beverages. <laughs> so um, not to be the kind of lame on that one. It's just, it's just the way it is, in my opinion, um, because I've not seen it be beneficial for people's health. And frankly, the only way that I would, I will say it can be helpful is if somebody is addicted to regular soda and they're trying to get out of diabetic zone or they are diabetic or they're overweight or whatnot and they need to switch to something to kind of like wean them off of regular soda. Diet soda has a great place in that space of your life. Would I say use it for the rest of your life just to replace regular soda? Mm, I don't know. You know, there's there's man-made chemicals in both versions. And it's also a fake beverage. Like it's not water, tea, coffee. You know, it's not a natural derived drinkable beverage. And um, I kind of always come back to what are the roots? What are the most natural things for our body to assimilate, recognize, utilize, and has the least unnatural components to it? 
So I just wouldn't, I've not seen clients who are addicted to soda make great progress long-term. Unfortunately, I've seen a lot of, um, a lot of clients who have um, soda addictions questionably, I'm not sure if it's related to the aspartame, you know, like I have read studies where it talks about the addiction factor that can come with aspartame and other aspects of the soda, because I've had clients try to just switch to bubbly things. And then when diet soda is around, they can't like really control themselves around it. Like they have to have it or they get back into a, a zone where they're just having it daily, you know? So there's a very, very interesting dark side to sodas that I think I've only seen people progress when they go cold turkey and stop sodas altogether. But it does seem to be that when people are raised on soda, uh, they have a higher propensity to becoming like frequent flyer drinkers. Like for me, I was not raised on soda at all. I was raised on juice, water, variations of milk because I'm lactose intolerant. Um, and things of that sort. So I never gained a liking for most sodas. Like I like some Dr. Pepper here and there. And my partner, he is actually a big soda person. So oddly and slash unfortunately, I have had more soda maybe in the last year or two of since being with him because he gets soda a lot of places. And he also likes Dr. Pepper and I like the taste of Dr. Pepper. But I will say I never drink more than like maybe a couple sips or so because like that does it for me. But not to say anything about like being on a pedestal about soda. It more just is interesting because everybody I've observed who drank soda as a kid, drink soda as adults and crave soda. Whereas those of us who were not raised on soda, we don't seem to have this kind of slightly addictive tendency towards sodas. So if that's something that you feel like you've observed too, I'd love to know because I'm kind of curious about that because maybe these big companies want us to <laughs> consume these man-made chemicals because they do have an addictive quality. Who knows? Who knows? I would not be surprised because the backlash on this whole to aspartame or to not aspartame has been very interesting. Very interesting. But that's my hot take on aspartame. I hope that was helpful and I hope it kind of helps you just become mindful and work through your own personal needs and desires and goals for your health and see maybe if you have been having multiple diet sodas a day, maybe try weaning them down to just one or just go to the mini cans or maybe you actually just like the bubbly and you can go to any of the cleaner seltzers or cut it out altogether. You know, some people completely can just stop and better for their health overall. All right. Well, I hope that all of those hot takes were answering a lot of your questions um, and that my insight was helpful because these, these are definitely the hottest fads of the summer <laughs> of 2023. And uh, it's been very interesting to kind of observe everybody's hubbub online and on the social medias about all of it. If you loved this episode, give us a little five-star heart review hug. And if you wanted to chat more about any of the things I talked about or share some of your experience with any of these um, items, <laughs> feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at Coach by Kales or at Rebel Wellness Podcast. I'd love to chat with you or just come join our community there, follow 
for all that great stuff that I was talking about. And um, if you didn't know already, stay tuned to the end of this episode um, fully because I have shared some really great resources for you to join our email list or my stand store um, for some great freebies and be the first in the know for some exciting resources that I am creating for you that are about to launch any minute now. So come join our email list and don't forget to celebrate your strength and nourishment. Walk with confidence and I will catch you next week on another episode of Rebel Wellness. conversations around health, fitness, and wellness, I have some exciting news for you. So if you would love to join our newsletter group, you can join us on coachkales.com or you can join my stand store at stan.store backslash kales, K-A-I-L-E-S. And that's an awesome opportunity for you to snag some freebies that I've created, including a macro hack grocery list that is going to help you kind of design a custom grocery list, especially for following macronutrients. Because as you know, if you didn't listen to my macros in May series, I would go back to those episodes because it has been a game changer for so many of our listeners for getting more on top of how to shape their physique and their health goals with the food they're eating. So don't sleep on that. Go get your free download. Or I also for fun have a little 14 day ab challenge that I actually have used with my clients and my clients have had some really surprising, amazing, well, surprising that only in 14 days, you can have such great progress with your core strength and your abdominal muscle tone in general. So that is also free in my stand store. So again, S-T-A-N, like Stan the man, stan.store backslash kills. And you can also join our newsletter from that. And if you would like to reach out to me, chat, maybe work together, you can also contact me through my website, coachkales.com. And I would absolutely love you to join our Rebel Wellness Podcast Instagram, which is at Rebel Wellness Podcast. And you can also join my flagship coaching page at Coach by Kales. That's where it all began. That's where I share the most um, kind of custom to what I do work on specifically with my clients on that page. So join that one. It's all feminine wellness focused and I share some great stuff, some goofy stuff, things that you just don't want to miss as well as healthy recipes and things and easy recipes because we all kind of need some easy grab and go things, don't we? So I would love you to join both those pages as you'll be joining a community of like-minded females who are all committed to living their best lives. So hit that follow button. And I would love if you felt the need to share and rate our podcast. We would love that. Anyways, thanks for listening. And I hope to catch you next Sunday or say hello on the gram.